Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. And I am your host, Built Environment Marketing Consultant, Iowa Bass. I run my own consultancy that bridges the gap between business strategy and tactical marketing campaigns. And you can find out more about my work at www.abassmarketing.com. Today, my guest is the amazing Caroline Copland, who is a fellow marketing consultant. Her current role is as the Interim Marketing Director at Built Environment Management Consultancy, RLB. I've known Caroline since we both worked at NHS Property Services and we've kept in touch. In this episode, we look at moving from a regionally-led to a sector-led strategy, how listening holds the key to marketing success, and we also look at hiring and how to get the most out of marketing teams. If you like the show, don't forget that you can help us to spread the word by leaving us a review on LinkedIn or something on Instagram or even just dropping us a line. Or if you really, really want to, you can leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. It really does help us to spread the word. Thank you so much. Anyway, now it's over to Caroline. Enjoy. Hi, Caroline, and thanks so much for coming on to the show. Um, can you give me a brief intro to you and your role um, at RL Hall and as an interim? Sure. Um, hi, Io, and thank you very much for having me. Um, so, intro to me. Um, I started life as a sports journalist, um, and then I moved into the wine trade, um, marketing wine. Um, so, both my previous roles, well, m- sports journalism being comms and then marketing in the wine trade, but involve lots of travel and exciting, fun things. Um, and then I moved into the built environment in 2007. <laughs> it's exciting, fun things as well. Um, which is actually a lot more fun than it sounds. Um, so, yes, um, I've worked in a number of permanent roles, um, blue chip organisations, and I set up uh, uh uh, as a consultant in 2016, which feels like yesterday, but actually wasn't. Um, and I've done both consultancy work and interim roles. Um, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I haven't haven't looked back. Um, yeah, interim role and consultancy. It's a bit like you go into an organisation with a handful of jigsaw piece puzzle, puzzle pieces yeah. Um, and it's about finding the one that fits in the organization that you've you've gone into. And when you find the one that fits, the picture starts to develop. And, and, and it's great when the company goes, that's what we've been looking for. Um, and it's fun moving around different organizations doing that. Um, and one of the challenges, I think, of being interim is what you get asked often, do you ever become part of a team? And weirdly... I feel I become a much stronger part of a team. Um, And maybe that's because you're bringing in new ideas um, and you're not there for very long. So you you get stuck in. Um, And where I am now, yeah, um, RLB is is one of the best teams. I say say one of the best teams. have to be very careful when you say things like that. But um, it is a fabulous team. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's a bit about me. And... And I work so, with a great team at RLB. I know when I did my research on RLB, they had like 4,000 people, which I hadn't realised they were that big. <laughs> That's kind of like mace-sized, as I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, more about that firm. Globally, yes, we're 4,000 people. Um, so RLB, RLB is a global management consultancy to the built environment. Um, what does that mean? Um, what do they do? Long, long, long words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so RLB traditionally 
build buildings, build iconic yeah. buildings. Um, also involved in lots of large-scale public sector projects, which may not be iconic, but are vitally important. Um, in infrastructure schemes, be that rail, road, airports, seaports. Uh, and yes, we so do that all over the world. The kind of services side like more of the kind of more a traditional qs would have been or what well, yeah kind of- i would say rlb started in um, 1783 i think it was <laughs> yeah. um as as a traditional qs but now uh, we're about uh, we 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 create solutions uh, in the construction world all over the world so we have uh, to our name Sydney Opera House the Phoenix yeah. Sky Train the London Olympics um, and as I say lots of public sector and social value projects all over the, the UK we work with a number of NHS trusts um, schools academies universities yeah um, and and I guess when we started as you say you know were we traditional QSs back in 1783 globally <laughs> we we <laughs> building was about building it was about counting bricks and doing yeah. costs and and those are things but which is still today, is some respects. yeah <laughs> I, uh, I would say we're more about solutioning now and that sounds very marketing okay. doesn't it but it's true um yeah it, we're about finding the right answers for our clients um yeah and that is what today RLB is all about. It's about everything from the business case to the funding to the entire program management, right down to putting a computer screen on the wall in an office. Although I would be told off for uh, for saying that because <laughs> digitization is integral to the conversation and technical solutions are addressed from the outset. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words. A lot uh- of words. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you started your role um, at RLB. I think you're in the second lockdown or kind of in like 2021. Yeah. So how do you kind March of... March 21, yeah. yeah. How do you kind of get up to speed during a lockdown and join a team and do a global wow. role and do all uh, that? I'd love to give you the textbook answer, but I didn't do it very well is possibly the best, the best, the truth of the matter. Um you know, in the previous lockdowns, I'd actually not worked from my spare room before. Um, I'd actually worked in a hospital in another guise. And so uh, I qualified as a key worker then. So I'd never, I'd never had to set up the home office. Yeah. Um, and I was having to go th- through that, getting to know your team while they were all in their spare rooms. And yeah, I found that a real challenge, a real challenge. Um in fact, in all honesty, I spent most of the first month walking around my local cemetery doing deep breathing exercises, thinking, <laughs> what am I doing? And how am I ever going to understand this global business when I'm sitting here in a corner of southwest London? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you meet people? It's really hard, isn't it? Because it's hard enough when you start a new job anyway, because I've started quite a few new jobs in my life. Yeah. I mean, it is hard, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you think about it, it's like, I used to have like the list of useful people to get to know. And you know, like all of those types of things and you'd meet the team and you go out for lunch. But you didn't have any of that. Absolutely. It's just that classic getting to speak to people. It's that classic water cooler moment when you actually yeah. find out you know, how it all works and how long people have been here, who are the right people to go to. And of course, you can ring someone, you can press your team's button and ping into their face. But you don't really know the culture. You don't know if that's acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, 
as I say, for my, after the first month, I did actually call my boss, Andy Reynolds, who, who by the way, is a fabulous leader. Um, and I said, Andy, I, I'm just not the right person for this job. I'm, I spend most of my time doing deep breathing exercises, walking around the cemetery. And he said to me, well, I didn't know that, Caroline, until you told me. And all I'm going on is the output. And, and we've got a bit of a problem because I quite like the output. Um, and that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and I guess for that output, I have to give credit to a fabulous team. Um, but it was what I really needed to give me the confidence that it was okay and that I was delivering and we were going to get there and we were working collaboratively. Um, and very quickly after that, I gave myself full license to stop looking at myself as a caretaker um, who was never going to get to grips with this this role um, and to really address the challenges and the opportunities. Um, yeah. yeah, and that included uh, grasping a, a fledgling restructure that had begun. Um, and in theory, my job was to then take that on and, and make it work in practice. So you um, have to immerse yourself in, in the organisation, I guess, isn't it? And yeah, not and what it wanted. Yeah, yeah and, and, yeah. and what it wanted. And, and yeah, pick up. As I say, a restructure had been begun and... Yeah. I needed to pick that up and, and run with it, um, which is interesting because my brief was this is this is what we're doing, and a lot of the business didn't know that was what we're doing because although it had been conveyed, it, it, it needed it needed more messaging. Um, so yeah, that was that was my I had to implement those changes quite quickly. And what change? What were the changes, Caroline? Um. <clears throat> the overall business changes not just what happened to the team so yeah yeah um so it was really about the business had been regionally led um for a long time um had great local markets great reputation locally but it was about bringing that all together as one rlb globally and nationally um and really to take the emphasis off our regional teams and become sector-led yeah. Um, and uh, the team that I inherited was focused largely regionally. Um, and I, yeah, I needed to put the right pay- people in the right place to do the marketing work that the business needed to be done from a sector perspective. And that is a different yeah. thing, isn't it? And I, I mean, I've, I've gone through that in various organizations as well. And it's quite a big challenge and quite a, it's a mindset shift as well, isn't it? It's quite a huge kind of, it's a different yeah. way of working. Yeah, you're like, it's not just the local team or those people who sat in my office or not sat in their office, sat in their bedrooms. But, like, yeah. but yeah. it is that whole, but it is that old, it's a whole kind of different ballgame, isn't it? It's kind of like, become sector yeah. experts. You, you need you to be an expert. In a way. You, you no longer need to be an expert in Sheffield or an expert in London, uh, but you need to be an expert in residential or infrastructure or healthcare in the yeah. built environment. Um, and that... That was interesting because that wasn't necessarily the team I was I was working with. They had expertise yeah. in a different areas from that which the business was asking for. So, yeah, that was that was um, yeah an interesting challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you actually. My next question was, what's your biggest marketing challenge for the past few years? But obviously, the restructures one. Was there anything else you found challenging? Well, I've mentioned the COVID thing, um, uh, 
coming out of lockdown, um, realizing everyone in your team has been impacted in a different way and yeah. really have, having to pull out the all the empathy and compassion that leadership requires while keeping an eye on on the prize and delivering the results. I mean, were there any kind of new systems that had to come in or anything that you had to bring in at all? Or was it all kind uh, of keeping it more balanced? Well, new systems, ouch, that's probably my sore point. Um, we are on the cusp of some really exciting developments in marketing at RLB. Um, this week, we launched Forward, which is a digital transformation program that's been three years in the building and the business is really excited about it. Um, awesome. uh, but phase two is the marketing module and we're just starting to scope out the uh, Microsoft Dynamics marketing module. Um, and sadly, the majority of the work will now be done uh, after I have left um but um <laughs> it's really exciting for the team there are so many opportunities with the tools and technology that um that is now available to us and rlb is really really embracing that um other new tools i mean just the remote working thing being able to collaborate globally um mm. through teams through using microsoft tools um just sharing global information um being able to share our global capability uh, and present that, um, that's all got a lot easier. Um, and I think, yeah. yeah, working, all working from home has actually made Arizona much closer and Sydney much closer. Although I will say the time zones have been a massive challenge because finding a time that works for my colleagues in Arizona and my colleagues in Sydney and me in London requires me starting at 4.30 in the morning. And I'm not a great early riser. Um, so yeah, that's been a challenge. I know. That is the, that is the downside of like working globally, isn't it? I mean, it's fantastic in many ways, but you're like, no, really I am at 7am. I am here just going like, <laughs> so I am, that's a late start. <laughs> it's not a late start. Um, oh, so in terms of your kind of marketing overall, I mean, what is it that you tend to do as a team? Is it more thought leadership led? Is it more project led? What's the kind of approach that you tend to take? Um, well, as I say, you know, we are sector focused. So our experts are are focusing on uh, what it is that their sector audience needs, our sector clients need. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in our education sector, um, we work with lots of schools and academies. Um, the Conditions Improvement Fund being given by the government um, is a fund that schools and academies need to uh, apply for. Um, our marketing is focused around showing our schools and academies clients how we can help them win that funding. So it's not just about we will improve the conditions in your educational buildings. It's yeah. about um, the whole cradle to grave service. It's about saying, actually, we can come in right from the beginning. We can help you win the funding. Um, we can then do the work for you and then we can take it on to the next phase as well. So again, it's about having experts within our organization from the within our marketing team that really understand what the conditions improvement fund is mm. and and how mm. our clients want it and what their problems are what their challenges are um and running campaigns to to put that message across but i guess with that whole full cradle to grave kind of service as well you, it's much more of a bigger business opportunity then isn't it rather than yeah. just the kind of construction and design side it's actually your tool, you know, we'll get you the well, business case, we'll get you over the line, we'll get yeah, you... Yeah, well, that comes back to, to the solutioning, what keeps your clients awake at night? Um, how yeah. can you resolve those problems? Um, we've also got um, uh, the whole uh, country is talking a lot about levelling up at the moment. And actually today we're at UK Reef um, 
and really talking about all our experience and how we have brought work to certain areas and how we are really engaged in the levelling up conversation. Yeah. Um, in fact, Greta Starks, my colleague Greta, um, chaired, her first, chaired the first session on the levelling up stage this morning. Um, and she was chairing a session with Andrew Kerr, CEO of Edinburgh City Council, Marvin Rees, Mayor of Bristol, John Walsh, the CEO of Belfast City Council, Kelly Byrne and Cardiff. Um, so a whole wide range of really influential people. And, and Greta's there uh, chairing it really using her leadership her thought leadership um yeah. it's great that we're able to do that um we've also at uk we've got Anne bentley with her construction leadership council hat on yeah. talking about uh, the construction playbook and social value um and sarah draper who's our um, exceptional uh head of people and culture um talking about how to be inclusive in the in the workplace so yeah so again campaign wise putting three very strong women on the stage in uh, UK Reef in Leeds this morning. Um, feels pretty good. I was going to say, and property needs more women, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, we've got some <laughs> very strong women leaders in, in at RLB. Um, yeah, and it was quite fun making sure that in the whole levelling up conversation, we had three leaders, three female leaders. Um, Absolutely. Yeah where they belong no, on this on the main stage well, you've, got, you've got to see the change haven't you in front of you yeah. to kind of make it happen for everybody yeah. else so it's such a huge thing to be championing i think you know as an industry as well we we need more of that that's for sure yeah so um in terms of your marketing what are there any kind of particular channels that have been working well for you you and your team so you talked a lot about kind of thought leadership and kind of pulling that kind of out or is it more of a kind of direct approach you're taking with clients nowadays. Um, it is a direct approach. I mean, marketing has always been about, you know, getting the right message to the right audience at the right time through the right channels for the right result. That That's sort of my mantra. Um, and the job is about understanding the message, understanding the audience, understanding yeah. the uh, timing and understanding the, the channels. Um, and the channel at the moment, I think, is talking to people is face to face is round tables is is yeah. engaging face to face we've been out of that marketplace so long and we're just coming back into it and i think people have got very used to working on teams working on technology but i don't think there's a substitute for actually now we can going out and meeting people um and as i say you know we've got a big team at uk reef today and they were all playing uh i think it was golf last night it's darts tonight um we've got dinners <laughs> thrown in there as well um <laughs> You know, that's classic BD stuff. Afterwards, right? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they come it's, like, <laughs> it's about relationship, isn't it? And it's about building those relationships um, at the same time, but having the gravitas to be on the main stage um, and actually make sure that you, you're, what you're talking about on LinkedIn um, are your clients' problems, not just we, we, we. There's an awful lot uh, we could of companies that go out there and say, this is what we've done. This is how good we are. Um, yeah. But actually going out there and saying, this is what we recognize is the problem in the education sector at the moment. This is what we recognize are the challenges for infrastructure. This is what NHS ambulance trust in the South Coast needs from us right now. Um, mm. And the more you share that... Sorry. <laughs> it's all right, don't <laughs> Busy day. Uh, the more you share that... Um, the more people understand that you are about solutioning, you are about finding the answers. And I guess a lot of that as well is you giving them the narrative and the messaging to kind of take with them and those stories, isn't it? Because it's kind of like to support those conversations, that relationship building is them 
I guess, knowing how to express it, right? And, and what's the kind of key kind of messages coming through at the moment as well? Yeah, and using examples of when you've done it before, um, yeah. uh, because people want to know that you've done that before, and they're they're the solutions to their questions might be slightly different, but knowing that you've answered a question and you've added value. And our technical teams are brilliant at that. And our job in the marketing team is to uh, tease out that information. You know, I, my question I'm always asking is, where do we add the value? Like, well, we just did the job and it's what the client wanted. We, yes, and, and how did that add value? And we've mm. always added value, but it's just teasing out that information and then positioning that in the right place so that your audience knows that that's what what you're doing and you're doing it well that's such an interesting thing um so how do you define success for marketing and your team um working together that sounds a bit trite doesn't it but it's true you know that collaboration piece is so important you can't work in silos um i say we you know we're sector-led but what we're doing in healthcare really uh feeds into what we're doing in education um, and our team has to work together Um, we do uh, we have training in a hub office every quarter um, usually CIM led uh, which is a way of bringing everyone together with a focus on extending our skill sets Um, yeah what what defines success for marketing as I say I'm very focused on where I am at the moment which is all about the teamwork and the the brand is about the people as well and I think yeah yeah that's something I've definitely experienced since I've been here the people piece and what, <laughs> and what have you learned in this role that you're going to take forward when, when you when you do go just before I answer that I just want to go back and talk quickly about a campaign because when I said yeah. it's all about the people um, we're doing this fabulous em- employer of choice campaign at the moment which is um where people are talking to camera about why they love working for RLB. Um, and that's been a really fun, a very easy campaign to do, um, uh, which then comes back to what have I learned um, from this role and what will I take forward? Um, and there is that whole bring your whole self to work thing. Um, yeah. And be who you are, uh, which is totally, I've felt that more at RLB than anywhere else. Um, Funny enough, on my first day at RLB, which I should actually qualify as Ryder Levitt Bucknell, and we are very much Ryder Levitt Bucknell. I'm tripping RLB off my tongue, as, as, as you do as well, because that's what we're known as in the industry, but we are Ryder Levitt Bucknell. Um, yeah. Anyway, on my first day at Ryder Levitt Bucknell, uh, there was an internal campaign about, about just this, about bring your whole self to work. Um, and I forwarded it to my friends and family with a laughing emoji saying, do you really think they mean it? What have they let themselves in for asking me to bring my whole self to work? <laughs> Can they cope? <laughs> Can they cope? Really? And I think my sister said, yeah, tone it down a bit. Um, but, but I have been accepted for everything that I am. I've learned to show the empathy and compassion that I've had perhaps in the past kept in another compartment of my life. Uh, rather than within the workplace. Um, and as you said to me once, Io, uh, these are classic leadership skills. And you're right. They are. Yeah. I- I've learned at RLB that you get the best out of people when you really listen to them and understand their challenges as much as what they have to give. In fact, that's really much what I was just saying about clients, isn't it? Um, you know, if we listen to our clients and understand their challenges, we'll have the best outcomes. And that's the same. I've learned that from same the people I've worked with. Yeah. 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 
completely is um, exactly the same. And yeah, what advice? Yeah. And what advice would you give to others looking to take an interim role or project? I would say, don't see your interim as someone to keep a seat warm while a colleague is away. Um, but look at what you can gain from that individual. Uh, look for the jigsaw pieces that they bring with them from other experience and other organisations. Um, and listen to them, meet them at their level, and you'll get the best from them. Understand that they won't understand the culture and it'll be a bit scary um, because you, when you're an interim, you need to pick things up pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So a bit of compassion around that. But yeah, um, I'd say just allow them to be who they are and bring their experience because you've probably got a lot to gain from that. And I guess yeah. you'd give the reverse advice to an interim looking to come in, right? Yeah. Would it be any different? Um, be yourself. Absolutely be yourself. Um, find that jigsaw piece that, that might just fit. Um, I think also it's about the brief. Um, I think as an interim, yeah. ask for the brief. If you don't understand the brief, ask again. Um, and as a business leader taking on an interim, um, an interim wants to make a difference. So give them a clear brief, tell them what yeah. you want um, and then let them deliver it um, with all their, all those jigsaw pieces and their experience that they, they have at their disposal. Yeah. Okay. So on to the very final question. Uh, so what one tip would you give to business leaders looking to make their marketing and in, in, look to make their mark in marketing in 2022 or what we've got left of the year? crazy <laughs> i know we're in may i'm not meant to be here anymore actually i was meant to i was meant to leave on friday my contract was up last friday um but i'm still here just for a little while longer um you know i go back to the fact that marketing is fundamentally about getting the right message to the right audience through the yeah. right channel um and of course that starts with the right message and that's goes back to the listening piece particularly at the moment we've got so many challenges so what does keep your client awake at night and how can you how can you solve that? And that's back to meeting, talking, building the relationship. Um, yeah, really understanding the problem and answering the question. Um, yeah. And I think it's always been about that marketing um, and it goes across all industries. It's funny how it sounds so basic, but actually it's, it is like people haven't always done it very well, have they? <laughs> No, I think because we're often very focused on telling people, telling people who we are, what we do. Yeah. You know, marketing uh, used to be about throwing toppings on pizzas, I always say. And, you know, if the pepperoni is the brand, you hope that the pepperoni lands on the right slice, the right slice being someone who's hungry enough for it. But yeah. now it's about throwing arrows at bullseyes. And our job in the marketing department is to identify the bullseye, sharpen the arrow, um and go for it yeah and go for it. and we yeah. sharpen that arrow by by doing everything we do a little bit better than anyone else it's it's that aggregate of marginal difference that i think is so important i think yeah and that's such a great point on focus i think the, the one job i had where it was the most focused marketing role i had was we had a list of 10 projects that we wanted to win in the next five years yeah that, it was like and it was that specific and go so and we knew that so we knew that every yeah so every piece of work we did over that few years, I mean, there were massive projects, admittedly, but like yeah. they were all. But at least you could kind of tie it back to: is is this getting me in front of those clients? Is it is it doing what we need to do? Yeah, and singular it focus. Like, yeah, it's the singular focus. Nothing else matters. 
yeah and it just helps yeah. to drive your marketing in the, in the way that you actually need to go mm. so yeah no thank you so much for being an awesome guest oh my pleasure thank you very much for having me um on your your podcast and good luck in the future whatever you do once you leave thanks very much <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. And I'm your host, Iowa Bass. If you want to find out more about the bi-weekly show, do check out the show notes, which will give you more information about who the guests are and all the things we've covered. Uh, And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on an episode. Until next time. Bye.